afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk. We're going to be chatting about all things NXT and what an episode it was. We had two ladder matches, a bunch of stuff in the middle, some good, some not so good, but we're going to be getting to that very soon. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Yeah, Boris, it was an interesting episode of NXT. Uh, I saw a couple people say that it was the best one. Uh, Jake Allenar on our board said it was the best one by far. I don't know about that far. There was some uh, some hokey garbage right in the middle of this thing. Yeah, but exactly. But it was okay, man. How are you feeling? I am feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. Um, can't complain. Still on vacation. Loving that. Starting to get a couple work emails. A little worried about that. You know, got to answer stuff here and there. But outside of that, everything is honestly going fairly well. Um, man, I need to sleep. That's what I need to do. I need a proper sleep schedule. Just been so weird. But outside of that, honestly, everything is going real well. We have tons, tons to chat about today because um, it was a pretty hefty episode of NXT 2.0. Um, and then obviously we're going to be chatting NXT UK. And then we're going to be giving a preview to War Games, which is this Sunday on the network, wherever it is you live. Yes, sir. Yeah, we kind of stopped doing the pick contest, but maybe we can bring that back on the fly just to see. But uh, yeah, it's a very interesting war game show that we have coming up. And I thought this was indeed a strong episode of NXT. Let's not dilly dally too much. But homie, you got to sleep. You got to get some rest. It's good for you. It's good for your soul and body. Honestly, the issue is, is it comes down to my shoulder. It's just I cannot get comfortable right now. Um, can't ah. get comfortable. It's uh, hurting but I'm still kind of kind of refusing uh, a lot of, um, you know, uh, painkillers. I'm not going the, uh, you know, I've seen this game too many times in this sport <laughs> that we watch. Um, but no, but reality, like even Tylenol, like I'll take, and I'll take it when I absolutely need it. And that's, uh, you know, the extent of what I will take. Well, and booze, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other story. <laughs> I feel you. Hey, man. Yeah, you gotta. You well, you gotta live your life. But I do. I do hope you get some comfort there, buddy. That sounds brutal, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, I feel for you, man. Hopefully, yeah. you can get that thing rectified as soon as possible. Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Uh, what's going on with you? Uh, not too much. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, finished up a new video for Operation Sports yesterday. You can check that out. And uh, yeah, just about WWE 2K. Some of the legends that 2K hasn't brought into the fold. Uh, as of yet and yeah you know just hanging in slugging away living my life same old really yeah exactly uh that's awesome um still playing around with this new mic uh but i think i got it i think i have the settings that work um so let's let's stick with this when it goes live i'll figure that out because even the the, the loop back to my ears sounds a little weird but i've been noticing that it sounds a lot better once it's live so i'm just gonna stick to stick to what's working um, but yeah, man, so beef, you know, before we might as well just get started. Like I said, we have a lot to get through, um, you know, and, and we have a few shows to do this week. So I think we should just get right to business. But before we do Matt, as the young guns, we are 
changing the world of podcasting. We're out with the old, <laughs> in with the new. Star ratings are done. Every week we have a rating system to jour, which we kind of like to have it reflective of what we watched. We like to have a little fun with it, but every match is rated out of five something new. Matt, do you have any ideas what we're going to be using this week? Well, I think that this show, uh, just in general, but specifically this episode, focused heavily on Joe Gacy, Boris. So I think to celebrate the Joe Gacy character, we're going to go buzzwords out of five today on NXT Talk. I love it. Okay, we're going to use that. So the go-home edition of NXT 2.0 opened up with Vic Joseph welcoming us. He's with Wade Barrett and soon-to-be Raw superstar Beth Phoenix. <sighs> Sign number one. All right, so <laughs> we see both sets of the women's war games teams walking backstage. We see Team Gonzalez, which consists of Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade for some reason, and Kaylee Ray. And then we see Team Kai, which consists of Dakota Kai, Crazy Kai, NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose, and NXT Women's Tag Team Champions Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. The tombs meet backstage on the top of the stage and they start brawling to kick off the show but this leads us directly into the women's war game advantage ladder match Dakota Kai versus Kaylee Ray and Matt I have to say someone is listening obviously but this show once again had two matches that rocked to bookend the show and a bunch of stuff in the middle and this match was a great start yeah, it was a very good wrestling match. Kaylee Ray was throwing herself all over the place, just trying to kill herself for someone else, Shotzi Blackheart style. But uh, I really, I, I thought the brawl to start the show was maybe a little forced, but whatever, it's pro wrestling, those things happen. I, I, I definitely like that they started in the action. The, the brawl directly led to the match. I started timing from the point that the ladder hit the ground. I think when Dakota... Uh, Dakota kicked Kaylee Ray or possibly the other way around. But yeah, and uh, this was a very good all-action opener. Uh, and yeah, these ladies, they beat the crap out of each other. This was a, uh, this was a dangerous-looking ladder match in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, it was, it was very dangerous-looking, but I wasn't scared watching this match, right? Like, I didn't feel like I was watching a, you know, and again, I'm, I don't want to sound mean, but I didn't get the same feeling that I got watching Ember Moon or Shotzi Blackheart in a ladder match. Yeah, like that the uh, the tag team ladder match that happened not too long ago. That was like sloppy, and that was like dangerous. This had like the feel of danger in a in a well worked wrestling match. That was the point. That was the uh, aim. That was yeah. what they were going for, Boris. You know, and and the, the the one time that I went, holy shit, that probably hurts. Um, well, there were two. There was the, the Kaylee Ray bomb on the outside onto the announce table. That seems to be part of a repertoire now, Kaylee Ray's repertoire. And the other time that I kind of went oof was when Dakota Kai did the double stomp onto Kaylee Ray as she was dangling on the ladder. Yes, Dakota El Idolo. That was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty bad. Also, uh, there was a, I think Dakota Kai ate a suplex onto a ladder and I think she swore on air and it was beeped out. That looked pretty bad too. That any suplex, any bump directly on the ladder. Oh man, those are, those are rough. Uh, Braun Breaker took a really good one in the main event too. But yeah, this was, this was all action, ton of fun, really good opener. 
Yep. The fans, the crowd. Dude, this is actually something that I wanted to bring up here at this point. And obviously, the crowd follows the product. They know this is all different. But the past few weeks, coincidentally, when we've been saying that the show hasn't been absolutely trash, the crowd's been super hot. This crowd tonight, last night, was super hot. They wanted to have fun. They wanted to watch good wrestling. They got good wrestling, and they reacted accordingly. So, yeah, it's a really good call. Yeah, the crowd definitely helped this show out a lot. And, uh, yeah, you always got to be a little suspicious about what's being piped in in a WWE show. But you can see, you can see them standing on their feet. You can hear some unique chants. You can hear that this is awesome and stuff. So I think, like, I, by and large, it was a genuine crowd response that we heard on this show. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, you know, to end the match, Dakota Kai was climbing for the briefcase. Ray grabs her foot, pulls her down. At this point, the crazy Kai is upside down on the ladder. Kaylee Ray uses Kai to climb up the ladder, but Kai sends her back to the mat. Uh, Ray kicks Kai in the jaw, knocking her upside down position to the mat. Kaylee Ray climbs up, grabs the beefcase, briefcase, beefcase. Whew, I wish. <laughs> Brutus the Barber briefcase? That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, retrieving <laughs> it for the win and the War Games advantage, interestingly enough. So your winner, Kay Lee Ray Matt. I have to ask, what's the logic in the faces getting the advantage? Uh, well, Boris, I think, and they do this a lot, but I think we could be seeing a babyface heel turn mid-match and I think that's how they get away from this so I'm not exactly sure who's going to turn how they do it we'll talk about that in the uh in the wrap-up when we preview war games a little, little bit but uh yeah I think that's what we're getting to here I think that's how they're going to do it there's going to be a heel turn right away like the second baby face that comes in is going to turn heel and abandon the match that's my opinion yep I think I think you're right but again we'll talk about that when we chat and give our full official preview. All right, so after the match, uh, Kaylee Ray's music is hitting. We see both teams backstage. One is celebrating, one not so much. Um, and uh, Kaylee Ray continues to celebrate as we end the segment. Having said that, Matt, how would you rate this match? I thought it was very good. I, I, I wouldn't call it great, but uh, it was a strong ladder match. It went about 14 minutes, 14 and a half, I believe. And uh, yeah, Kaylee Ray wins. It's an interesting build to war games. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen next. I would go three and a half buzzwords out of five boards. It's a 70% all-inclusive percentage on this one. I agree wholeheartedly with you. All right, so after this, we see how Cameron Grimes' challenge do cuts into the hair v. hair match in the in the Lucha de Apuestas match uh, at War Games last week and how he, later in the show last week, he was insulted by Andre Chase. Uh, we see a video from earlier this week with Chase ranting about how Grimes tried embarrassing him in front of the students and that behavior will not be tolerated. Chase said Grimes is about to receive an Andre Chase University-sized ass-whooping as we head to break. Yeah, perfectly fine. I like that they put a point on this promo because it was really good. So I, I definitely, like, when you hit on some gold, remind the people, you know? Like, don't be afraid to tell them, hey, this segment was really good. Remember this? Exactly. Um, it's simple. It's simple 
storytelling, simple ways to remind the audience and kind of highlight we're not always shit. <laughs> exactly. And those those uh, instances are few and far between these days. So exactly. when they come up, take so, advantage of them. Exactly. All right, back from the break. The grizzled young veterans are trying to break into someone's locker. Uh, when Eichmann Jiro interrupts, they hush him and tell him this is a very sensitive operation. Kashida then interrupts, and they won't keep quiet. They being himself and Jiro. Brooks Jensen, Josh Briggs walk up and ask what the grizzled young vets are doing, as this is apparently their locker. James Drake, Zach Gibson hurry away. Jensen and Briggs ask Kashida and Jiro what the grizzled young veterans were doing. So I think we're at the point with Jacket Time where everything they do is not just bad, but pretty embarrassing. Like, I am routinely embarrassed when this team is on the screen, and it sucks because Kushida's amazing in the ring, and Ekimanjiro's character by itself was pretty good. But this super obnoxious version of these guys just screaming at the top of their lungs nonsense, like, all the time, and their dumb entrance, it's just ruined both of these guys for me. I hate Jacket Time. I hate it. The only positive that I see out of this is that A, they're employed, and B, yeah. they have TV time. Like, literally, that's all. That's I'm, I'm trying hard to not crap <laughs> on this because I want to, but those are my I only takeaways. I have nothing bad to say about the performers. This is the role they're given, and they're doing it to the best of their abilities. But boy, do I hate this gimmick so much. Oh, this 100%. is maybe, maybe my. Maybe my least favorite thing on all of NXT right now. Interesting. I'm going to have to think about that and get back to you on that one. All right. So we go back to the ring and Cameron Grimes is out as Andre Chase waits. And this leads us into match number two of the night, which was Cameron Grimes versus Andre Chase. Pretty short little match, almost a squash. And, you know, obviously the right person won. Cameron Grimes ends up winning, um, you know, with his uh, cave in. Again, short, simple, to the point, right person won. What could you hate about this match? Andre Chase is fun. Cameron Grimes is fun. Matt, what did you think? Yeah, like, this is the point of developmental, right? Like, a quick match, put a guy over, like... But the thing is, Cameron Grimes doesn't need to develop at all. He should, he should be squashing people on Monday Night Raw if he's going to squash somebody, you know? So, in like, it was perfectly fine, like you said, but also it was entirely pointless in a way. But that's fine. It was Cameron Grimes in there squashing someone for two minutes. Couldn't call it bad. Very much an average WWE match. Pretty much an average WWE Superstars match. But we're going to go two and a half buzzwords on this one, just right on the Mendoza line, you know? I wouldn't say it's pointless, though. It... Followed up on a story from last week, which was the whole Andre Chase Cameron Grimes thing. And we saw something at the end of the match that puts his pay-per-view match over a little more. So I'm not going to say it was a you're, useless match. You're right. Pointless was probably strong. I just meant in terms of like Cameron Grimes getting a squash on your developmental TV show is kind of not yeah. the best use of Cameron Grimes at all, you know? Cameron Grimes being on NXT is still not the best use of Cameron Grimes right now. To be 100% honest, like this guy should not be on developmental. This guy should be, you know, at the very least, a prominent mid-card position. Yeah, he should be kind of where Austin Theory is, you know, in that like upcoming superstar role. And yep. uh, he probably won't be because he's not, he's 10 years older. But uh, yeah, Cameron Grimes has all the talent in the world. We say it every week and he proved it again here. 
Yep, exactly. All right, so after the match, as Cameron Grimes is celebrating, um, we go to replay replays, and then none other than Duke Hudson appears on the platform, congratulates Grimes on his last victory with a head of hair. Hudson knows a guy who knows some computer wizardry, and we see some photoshopped images of what Grimes might look like with different hairstyles. Hudson goes on, fans boo him, Hudson talks more trash, says that on Sunday he will take Grimes' hair, beard, and then give him a real reason to cry. Grimes exits the ring, brings Chase back in, Grimes grabs a pair of, of um, uh, a razor from the toolbox under the ring because, you know, that's something they have, that's something they need. Uh, he's getting ready to chase, to trim a chase, but one of Chase's students pulls him to safety. Grimes takes the mic, looks up at Hudson, and promises to shave him bald at war games. Boris, are you saying that you don't have a hair trimmer in your toolbox? You never know when you're, like, fixing a shelf or something and you need to give yourself a quick haircut <laughs> or your assistant. I don't know. Clearly. Clearly no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes, very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I thought this uh, Duke Hudson promo was uh, quite shit. I didn't like it at all. It reminded me of a, uh, reminded me of a bad Chris Jericho WWF Raw 1999 to 2001 promo. Like, it was closer to Chris Jericho, Stephanie McMahon, Planet of the Apes promo than it was one of those good, memorable Jericho promos. You know, it was like a, a swing and a miss. It was a cheesy uh, bit of pro wrestling nonsense. It was. Duke Hudson is fine. Duke Hudson is fine. Cameron Grimes remains great. Uh, remains great. I'm still very excited for this match, but I thought this uh, promo was a miss. It was a miss, but... I'm not gonna give. I'm not going to give that L to to the performers, dude. Anytime that you're showing images that are photoshopped to the mass audience, you know you're doing something wrong. Yeah, right. It's just a, such a cliche, dumb gag from two decades ago. It's just like it's not funny at all. It's just the not only funny person at all. who can tease pictures and get it over on WWE programming is Ric Flair on Elizabeth. <laughs> exactly right that's the only time it ever worked and will ever work all right so the announcers reveal that fan voting on the wwe website and social media has determined that johnny gargano will represent team old school in tonight's men's war games advantage ladder match we see NXT team nxt 2.0 walking backstage as we head to commercial do you think these were uh, legitimate? Do you think the voting results were shoot results, Boris? Looking at the two performers, I would say 100% yes. Yeah, I think so. I Maybe they planned on this anyway, but I do think these are the people that the fans would have voted for. Yeah, exactly. That That's honestly what I think. Um, because, you know, it, it makes me wonder, you know, and, and we'll talk more about this on Sunday. You know, would WWE... Would the powers that be want to put Johnny Gargano in these prominent roles, not knowing his contract situation? That's interesting, but I think he's still such a professional and such a good hand that you know you're gonna get a good performance from him. Like, it's not Johnny Gargano that I'm afraid of. It's more WWE not knowing what he's gonna do. Are they going to want to prominently feature him where he could end up? on a different show literally next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I completely understand you, but I think 
he well, he lost the match and he's still the best choice to get a good match out of Braun Breaker. Like it's still, I think the, uh, the means justify the end or the end justify the means, or you know what I'm saying? It makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent. I do. All right. So, uh, Back from the break, we get a vignette for a new superstar, Idris Enofi, ahead of his brand in-ring debut tonight. Uh, he says people tried to mold him into what he would be. He was told he'd never make it out of Inglewood, California. Good old L.A. boy. Inglewood. Interesting area. Um, that's where LAFC plays, just so that people know. Nice, nice. You, of course, are an L.A. boy yourself, so you're up on that. So, yeah, this this guy is now one of the, instantly one of Boris's boys. 100%. He says he dealt with struggles and the doubters, everyone wanting him to fail, but he signed up to give five years in the U.S. Navy, where he was later told he had accomplished all he could. He was then once again surrounded by doubters wanting him to fail. He goes on about how he and his first NXT opponent, Solo Sokoa, are not very different as they both fought in the streets to survive. And Ophi says he will prove it to his doubters that they are wrong and he strives to be the epitome of excellence. Uh, epitome, but yes. Epitome. Yes, it's uh, the epitome. 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 Yes, no, that... <laughs> it's the epitome of excellence. Uh, this was this was fine. I'm definitely interested in this character. He seems like he's going to get a little push here. Although uh, the first match didn't go so well. Well, well, that's that's developmental at this point, right? All right. So fan vote. That thing is still going on. Go to the ring. Samantha Irvin is out with Team uh, NXT 2.0, which consists of Braun Breaker with two Ks. NXT North American Champion Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller. Uh, Trick Williams is also there. She brings up how Johnny Gargano has been voted to represent Team uh, uh, Black and Gold, which is interesting that they called him that. Um, they might as well call them Team Uncle H at this point. Uh, team, <laughs> you lost to AEW, so you're going to lose on Sunday. Oh, uh, so oh yeah. man, actually, quick quick aside, do you think anyone hits a pedigree in that match? I'm thinking Gargano might hit a pedigree on someone. <laughs> I was literally going to say, if Gargano hits a pedigree, we know he has not re-signed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's so funny. We should, yeah, I, one day we're going to have our own gambling wrestling thing, and that would be a prop. Does Gargano hit a pedigree? Plus 500. I'm betting yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, so... Uh, after they announced that Gargano got the vote for Team Uncle H, uh, Carmelo Hayes takes the mic and cuts a promo on Gargano. Hayes isn't asking Gargano to share, just give him the plate because he is the A champion. Hayes says when he shoots, he doesn't miss. Uh, Grayson Waller speaks next and goes on about how hot dogs and handshakes and how Team New School has slapped Team Old School in the face. Uh, and put it on social media because that's what a good sports entertainer does. Waller goes on ranting until Braun Breaker takes the mic. Breaker with two Ks has words for Champa. Says he's coming for the NXT title after Team NXT 2.0 wins at War Games. And then AOAO Gababugul Tony D'Angelo cuts a promo next. Says that Team Black and Yellow. Uh, better bring their best this Sunday because they're going to need it. All right, so 
Grayson Waller, superstar. Yes. He is a much better Miz than Miz himself. <laughs> yeah. I like I like that. He is yeah, I his weird like social media like I'm the I'm the new superstar. He's using all of the uh, sports entertainment, all of the Vince McMahon approved terms. I really like this guy a lot. He's actually grown on me a lot. I thought this was a strong promo from everyone who got a chance to speak. I like Tony D. I like Carmelo. Braun Breaker is always pretty good. He's short and sweet and to the point. This was uh, this was perfectly fine. This was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was short, sweet to the point. Everyone got to the, you know, what they needed to say. They kind of touched on their various feuds, which I liked. So it was an A-plus for me. Um, All right, so Samantha Irvin gets a drum roll to reveal who will represent Team NXT 2.0 in the Advantage Ladder match. And it is none other than Braun Breaker with two Ks. So now it's confirmed Johnny Gargano versus Breaker with two Ks in the main event. Uh, Breaker takes the mic again and says he will gladly fight Gargano then interrupts making his way out with a mic. Um, gets a pretty cool ovation from the crowd. Um, we get a Johnny Wrestling chant. Gargano Sims says that Team NXT 2.0 wouldn't have a ring to stand in if it wasn't for guys like him. He calls Braun the big bad booty nephew himself. Points to how he came out here alone. Gargano tells Braun to prove he's a man by leaving his teammates in the back. Gargano says they want a breaker versus Gargano one-on-one ladder match. Man-to-man, what do you say? Breaker says he will gladly leave his team backstage and kick Gargano's ass. The music starts up as Breaker with two Ks yells at Gargano from the ring. Yeah, I like the crowd really liked big bad booty nephew. They uh they popped pretty hard. That was pretty cheesy, but whatever. That's Gargano. He's a he's a cheesy kind of guy. But uh yeah, you know. The Johnny Gargano corniness aside, uh, this is pretty fine. And I, I really liked the part where NXT two point all got to shine on the microphone. Yeah. What I so this is turning into when they were trying to hide the fact that Brian Christopher wasn't Jerry Lawler's son. <laughs> right? But that was like a Jerry Lawler personal choice. Like, they they both, for whatever reason, wanted that. It seemed yeah, like their I entire know. careers. But still. Yeah, but... Uh, this is just this is just a, a terrible booking decision. But yeah, they're still like they everyone's dancing around it in a in a pretty fun way right now. At this point, it's almost hilarious. It's almost funny and dare I say, almost entertaining to see what Steinerism is going to come out from Braun Breaker with two Ks. I wonder if they just when they call him up, if they just call him <laughs> Braun Steiner. I think they should just split the difference and just go with Braun Steiner. Why not? Yeah, honestly, I can see that happening at this point. All right, so uh, Von Smackdown, Von Beverly, Von Wagner, and Kyle O'Reilly are warming up backstage, and then the hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza now, and the rest of Legado del Fantasma is there. They are confident about becoming the new number one contenders tonight and then becoming the new NXT Tag Team Champions at War Games by defeating Imperium. Santos Escobar speaks up with some words of encouragement, telling them that history is written by the victors. So uh, go out there and show how it's done by writing your next chapter. Electra Lopez says after war games, Legado del Fantasma will be draped in gold. 
Legado del Fantasma heads out as we go to commercial. So clearly, Matt, clearly they're going to lose this match, right? <laughs> well, yeah, Zion Quinn's getting a huge push. So, uh, um, yeah, I think uh, I have no faith in Legado to win any match. I thought they were going to lose the tag team match. I thought Santos was going to lose to Zion Quinn. I thought they were going to book Electra Lopez versus Cora Jade and beat her. You never know, boys. Remember when these guys were tapped to be part of the War Games match just a few weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. In some alternate universe, we have a Legado del Fantasma versus Hit Row War Games match, and it's dope. It's really good. Yep. Take me to that universe, please. Um, all right, so back. Oh, fuck. Here we go with this. <laughs> we have hit... We have hit the time where we read our notes and we see the letters MSK and we both just put our heads down and go, oh my God, not this again. Yeah, so Wesley, Nash Carter are still searching for their shaman. They're driving our car and the GPS tells them that they've finally reached the, their destination and the shaman is inside. They get out all excited. Um, they're a little nervous about going in, but they knock on the door and are blinded by a bright light. When the door opens, we see a shadow. Can't make out who the person is. They're shocked. They stare at each other, and they both say, it's him. There was some cheesiness with the GPS that I don't even want to bring up, but this was the gist of this whatever it was. Matt? Yeah, so the the game of this comedy sketch, the... Uh a joke of this scene was that, like you said, the GPS was basically like, it was like a Knight Rider style thing that was, the car was talking to them, but the car was making fun of them and calling them idiots. And I don't know if we were supposed to believe that they were so stoned that they were hearing things and this car wasn't real, or if they just rented a sassy car somehow. I don't quite know what the actual joke is supposed to be all i know is it was bad but to be fair it wasn't as bad as some of the other ones but that's like it's like a one out of ten instead of a zero out of ten you know these are these are terrible terrible segments and i'm ready for them to end hopefully we see who the shaman is at uh, war games yeah exactly and that's i'm assuming that's when they're going to do the reveal of who knows who i still think it's either going to be uh matt riddle or rvd we'll see yeah I guess Rob Van Dam. Actually, we were originally thinking it might be John Morrison or Rob Van Dam, and then you brought up Matt Riddle. I like the idea of Matt Riddle. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking it's Rob Van Dam. Well, it's not going to be John Morrison nowadays. It's not going to be Johnny Mundo. <sighs> All right. Number one contenders match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Legado del Fantasma versus Kyle O'Reilly and Vaughn Smackdown, Vaughn Beverly, Vaughn Wagner, call him what you want. He was Vaughn there, and Yvonne showed up with his ugly tights. <laughs> and let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, we got to talk about this match a little bit. But I did think it was it was a pretty standard WWE tag team match. Look, I don't know Fantasma technically sound. Like, they're really good. Kyle O'Reilly, obviously, technically sound. But kind of going through the motions a little bit. Von Wagner is figuring it out. But he's got a real something. Like, he's ahead of, say, the Brooks Jensen's or even the Cora Jades. Like, he's pretty good in there. I can see why they kind of gave him a taste on SmackDown already. He's pretty close to ready. Von Wagner is. You think so? Like, really? I you, do. You really, interesting. Look, he's not the best, but what he does, he does well enough. Um, case in point, the end of the match, 
when they did the total elimination to Joaquin yeah. Wild when they ran wild on him. Um, that's a move that you can easily screw up with timing, inexperience, etc. And it looked okay. It looked good enough. It looked passable for television. Yes, and it's it's a little like Kyle O'Reilly's doing a full like 180 Mortal Kombat spinning sweep, and uh, Von Wagner's just hitting a clothesline, but he's got to time it perfectly, you know, because you, you can really hurt somebody with that move. So that's a very good call, and I I think it looked awesome. They did it well. Yeah, exactly. Um, they they've they've I can't even come up with enough puns for this stuff at sometimes. All right, so the winners and new number one contenders: Von Wagner and Kyle O. Riley. So there you go. Wagner and O'Reilly versus the NXT Tag Team Champs. Imperium is official for the War Games. Uh, the baby faces of Wagner and O'Reilly got the go ahead, which doesn't surprise me. But unfortunately, Legado is still held back. I need to like make and create and sell free Legado shirts at this point. <laughs> Free Santos? Oh, man. I wonder, uh, speaking of people being free, I wonder how this Kyle O'Reilly thing plays out. Has he re-signed? Is he getting a tag title push with Von Wagner? Or does Von SmackDown turn on him after they lose at the pay-per-view? It'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, we'll talk about that because I do think that the latter is going to happen there, to be 100% honest there. Um, all right, so when we get back from break, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with the NXT Tag Team Champions Imperium. They're confident about war games, but Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner quickly interrupt. Kyle says this team of misfits is one step away from winning the titles. Wagner says they will see Imperium at war games and calls them dumbasses, which seems to be his new thing, calling everyone a dumbass. He's channeling his inner Red Foreman. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely his catchphrase now. But... Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty uninspired, but at least he's he's good enough uh, that he's like you seem to believe that he believes it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he actually would call these guys a dumbass. I believe that he's that level of clever. You know what I'm saying? So it works for me. <laughs> so uh, he's a so you're calling him a mimbo. <laughs> Perhaps a little bit of Mimbo, although I don't know if he's handsome enough to hit Mimbo status, Boris. Anyway, for this entire segment and the post-match thing with Imperium, we're going to go slightly above average. It is three buzzwords out of five, 60% sensitivity training percentage on this one, Boris. All righty. Uh, speaking of sensitivity training, we see a video package highlighting Joe Gacy and his all-inclusive invitational. I cannot believe that is a thing. We're going to be talking about on a wrestling show. Head to commercial. Back from commercial break, we get the new Tiffany Stratton vignette. Stratton is shopping, going on about how she's daddy's princess since she was born. Uh, he said she should drive the hottest car, shop at the hottest boutiques, wear the best clothes. Who looks at price tags anyways, Matt? Those are just a bunch of numbers. She's, she says Black Friday and Cyber Monday don't exist at the shop's where she shops at. Stratton says her father told her she can be anything she wants and she wants to be an NXT superstar. Yeah, so cool. Like I, I don't know why she wouldn't say WWE superstar. She wants to go to NXT. That's what she wants. Aim higher, girl. But uh, 
yeah, this was uh, this was a promo. She's all she's all right. It wasn't like it, it wasn't terribly offensive or bad, but it was just like I think they're doing this character much better with Zaya Brookside in UK already. So I don't know. I don't know about this one. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm intrigued by this character. Um, almost a little nervous about how many times they're going to be saying daddy, but we'll cross yeah. that bridge when we have to. <laughs> all right. Now the low point of the show, which is weird for me to say yes. just because of how much I really do like Joe Gacy, but this just did not work for me. So it's time for his all-inclusive invitational, his warm-up before facing NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roderick Strong at War Games. Harlan is standing behind Gacy, and there are three jobbers, two males, one female, looking right at them from across the ring. Uh, Gacy uh, talks about how this looks like the future of their NXT Cruiserweight division when the Diamond Mine has created a toxic and unrealistic environment. Gacy says in his world, there will be no more height requirement, weight shaming that prevents greatness, no more gender bias that stands in the way of progression. Gacy says tonight he invited those competitors to give him the best in front of the world as he prepares to dethrone Strong at War Games. No, NXT conflict resolution, he says. Gacy asks us to sit back, relax, and enjoy this glimpse of the future. Stuff happens. Gacy ends up winning. Right before he gets toe-to-toe with the, with the female, Diamond Mine shows up, which is interesting because, Matt, I have to ask you, who's the face, who's the heel? What's going on in this program? Yeah, so well, there's there's shades of gray all over the place, blurred lines, if you will, Boris. But I do think Diamond Mine at this moment are baby faces. I think even Malcolm Bivens is not he's not going like you fans are idiots. He's not saying anything like heelish in his promos. He is pretty he's not a, like a raw raw baby face but he's also not insulting the audience at all i think exactly. he's pretty baby face in his delivery in his in his verbiage so i think at this moment diamond miner baby faces honestly and that's what i assume as well because when malcolm bivens comes out he says this spectacle wasn't needed uh but how about some real competition bivens says this is actually history because it's a first and last Joe Gacy invitational as the Diamond Mine will shut Gacy up for good on Sunday. Gacy says Bivens' aggression is not needed, but he does respect his passion. Gacy asks Bivens to leave his people at ringside, but will allow him to speak with Strong in the ring. Strong and Bivens enter the ring now. Bivens says Gacy has messed up. Gacy asks Strong if he always has Bivens speaking for him. Strong rocks Gacy out of nowhere, levels him, and then we get a handspring clothesline. The Creed brothers enter the ring, but Harlan pulls Gacy to safety. Harlan and Gacy are standing together side by side at ringside, staring down the diamond mine. Everyone is smiling. Everyone is looking angry. The Creed brothers just want to fight. What did you think of this? I thought this was... Uh... Other than Joe Gacy beating the crap out of that small first jobber, hitting an awesome doctor bomb, which I did like, I thought this was terrible through. Yeah. Like the, the, the Gacy promo that started, go, well, yeah, the Gacy promo that started, it sucked. The 
ease of like an intergender match was just dumb, just lazy. And uh, I am very glad they didn't go through with the intergender match because I personally hate intergender wrestling. Uh, I think it's just terrible and dumb. But uh, yes, and then and then Diamond Mine comes out like for a DQ in this three versus one gauntlet thing. And uh, yeah, this was just, it felt more like a waste of time and a bad idea than anything interesting. Although Joe Gacy getting a chance to squash a little guy was fun. That was cool. Yeah, but it wasn't needed, right? Like if we're going to be talking about things that weren't needed in the show, you talked about Andre Chase and Cameron Mines, but to me, this came to mind. This came to Diamond Mine. My God. Yeah, right there. yeah, yeah man, right I, there. I agree with you. Like I, I this made me less excited for Rod. Strong versus Joe Gacy, which actually should be a really good match, but meh, I don't know, because I, I know where it's going, and that's Joe Gacy, cruiserweight champion, and God, that's going to be bad. And we'll but talk yeah, about so that overall, again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, I would say this was a giant fail, waste of time, very bad segment. I'm going to go one buzzword out of five, 20%, giant fail, conflict resolution percentage, get it out of here. All right, the hardest working report in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is backstage with Solo Sokoa asking about tonight's match with Idris Enofi. Solo gets what Enofi said earlier, but this isn't the Navy, and it's not Inglewood. Solo goes on about their match, but Boa interrupts for some reason. I don't know. This is stupid. Boa rants about it, and Solo says he doesn't understand Boa or his language. Solo walks off as we go to commercial. So yeah, Boa, Boa is looking like, like panicked and he's like kind of grabbing at his chest a little bit or something. And he's like, he looks like he's in pain and panicked and he's not wearing the face paint yet. These are important distinctions here on NXT talk for this terrible character. Please continue. All right. Back from the break. Out comes Solo Sokoa to a pretty soundable pop. NXT newcomer Idris Enofiezer is out next after winning his debut over Malik Blade on 205 Live two weeks ago. Enofi heads to the ring. Alicia Taylor does her thing. And then we begin this match, which again, didn't last long. But in my opinion, kind of served its purpose at the end of the day. But it really wasn't the best showing for anyone. No, it was a, it was a very basic match. It was you know what I mean. It wasn't a terrible fail, but it was it wasn't a good wrestling match. But this is to me, this is what NXT 2.0 is going to be. It's fine. Yeah. It's good to have these things. Like, but this I wouldn't say this was pointless or anything. Whereas the Cameron Grimes one was because Cameron Grimes doesn't need that work. These guys need that work. You know what I mean? They need those at-bats. They need these reps. So perfectly fine idea. It's going to happen on NXT. But yeah, the execution of this one wasn't very strong. Yeah, exactly. And and it just, to me, I just didn't, I don't know. I like Solo Sokoa, um, but, I, and I think he is going to get the rocket strapped to him. You can just tell that he's going to be on the main roster very soon, even right after this whole BOA um, feud ends like I can honestly see him being like you know outside of maybe Braun Breaker and Von Smackdown he, it's going to be those three that go up fast yeah well he is an oos a certified oos I think it's definitely going to happen Boris it's sooner than later yeah alright so Solo Sokoa wins with a superfly splash uh, after the match Solo um, uh, was celebrating in the ring but Boa immediately 
attacked him. Boa applies the Tongan death grip to Solo, but Nofi makes a save from behind. Boa fights Nofi and retreats just in time to dodge a super kick from Solo. Boa heads to the back as Solo helps Nofi back to his feet. So I guess much like how there must always be one crazy woman in NXT, there must now always be one, uh, I don't know, possession, some like spooky demonic force in WWE. And I guess that spooky demonic force has now uh, fallen on Boa's shoulders. He is the spooky character. Apparently. Sure. Why not? Um, Persia Peralta <laughs> and Andy Hartwell are backstage and he gets a phone call from the hospital and a doctor tells her that her husband Dexter Loomis is gone. Oh shit. Oh no, he's gone. Um, Indy is worried. Persia wonders if she's going to have to do what she did two weeks ago and that's work a handicap match. Indy says no and Persia tells her Dexter will be fine but their match is next. Persia rushes them out of the room as we go to commercial. Man, what timing. That shit always happens when cameras are rolling right before their match. Right? That, yeah, that, it's funny how that works. Hey, geez, poor, uh, poor Indy Hartwell. Also, another wrestling logic thing that's kind of funny is like, so the day that Dexter Loomis actually gets injured, uh, Indy Hartwell can't wrestle. She has to stay backstage with Dexter and like nurse him to health while, you know, doctors are actually working on him. But the day that Dexter Loomis goes missing and her husband is nowhere to be found, which arguably to me is a far more serious issue. She's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just get in the ring. You know what I mean? Like her husband is missing, Boris. Call the police. I know. I, I That actually made me laugh so hard. It's like I love that logic. When logic is applied, one can make more jokes, but that's not very Joe Gacy of us. Yeah, exactly. All right. Come on. We, we have to we have to include everyone, including NXT writers, when we consider who to make fun of and stuff. Exactly. So no shots at the NXT writers who are all terrible and we hate you. <laughs> all right. Uh, back from the break, a cameraman TMZ style catches up with Zion Quinn outside in the parking lot, asking how the fight with Santos Escobar ended. Quinn says the fight didn't end. It's just begun. He prefers to say Electra Lopez approaches and says she wishes Quinn wouldn't fight with Legado, uh, but she admires someone who marches to the beat of their own drum. Insert joke. Lopez wishes Quinn good luck in next week's match against Escobar and says he's going to need it. Lopez walks off and Quinn walks to his car. I like Lopez. This was fine. Uh, Zion Quinn, he's not the rock. You know, he's not Ric Flair, but he can, he can get his point across. Both of these people are confident performers. I like this. This was fine. Yeah, exactly. It's good enough. All right. Speaking of Joe Gacy, we get a progressive sponsored video package looking at the love between <laughs> Indy Harwell and Dexter Loomis. You like that, huh? Um, I did. They show how Loomis was injured by Trick Williams and the NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes. And this leads us into Indy Harwell and Persia Peralta versus Yulisa Leon and Valentina Feroz. Again, you're, you know, we've seen this the past few weeks. Indy's distracted. Persia Peralta takes it and does it all on her own. She gets the win uh, for her team. 
Yeah, she needs uh, her finisher needs a name. It's a really cool move. It's like an F five, but she sits out into like an X factor face buster out of it. I uh, I really like that move. Uh, this was a pretty standard, typical WWE squash. But you know what, Ulisa and Valentina, that might be a tag team down the road. They were wearing similar gear. Uh, they both kind of have something in the ring. They're both pretty athletic. Uh, keep your eye on Ulisa Leone and Valentina Faroz. To me, they were more interesting than this indie Hartwell Persia Parada thing. Well, what do you What do you think of this of this program? Like, we know where it's going to head. It's clearly yeah. going to head in the you know in the in the breakup of these two and these two eventually feuding. Um, with Persia Parada probably saying, you know, "F you, worry about us. You only care about your man," type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what do you think? I think that's where it goes. Like Persia ends up turning heel and kind of going like, yeah, basically saying exactly what you just said. Like you didn't care enough about the team kind of heel turn. And I don't know. I kind of, I'm I'm interested to see how they, you know, work together in a match. It'll, it'll be okay. I really like Indy Hartwell as a character. I think she's got a real charisma. We haven't seen enough about Persia, enough of Persia Parada backstage, but Persia's a really good power wrestler. There's like a, there's a hint of intrigue here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm liking it. I, I, overall, I'm intrigued. Yep, exactly. That's honestly how I feel about this. You know, and the other way it could go, it could be Indy turning on Persia saying, you don't care about me and my life. You only care about yourself and wins. Like, that's important. That's true. That's true, and Dexter Loomis could maybe go heel in that process because Dexter needs to be a heel. And that interesting little heel, we could see how this whole thing plays out. But yeah, for the match overall, I would say pretty average. We're going to go two and a half buzzwords out of five. It's a Mendoza line kind of match, buddy. Yep, and then this leads us straight into the main event, which was for the uh, War Games advantage between Johnny Gargano and Braun Breaker. This was a ladder match. You know, I got to say, I'm a little shocked that this didn't, the match itself didn't end in a schmoz. Yeah, it was a clean finish. It was exactly what they said it would be in the in the promo. They both said, our teams are going to stay in the back and we're going to have a straight up match and we're going to see who's better. And Braun Breaker said, I'm going to kick your ass. And Braun Breaker kicked his ass. It was, a, it, Gargano obviously held his own. It was, uh, it was a very good wrestling match, but in the end, it was a strong, clean victory for Braun Breaker over Johnny Gargano. The storytelling in this match was great too. Like, I love how they're really leaning towards the inexperience of the NXT 2.0 guys. Like, how many times in this match did Johnny Gargano outsmart Braun Breaker to get the advantage? Like, you know, when he when he did the drop toehold onto the ladder, you know? There was other yes. occasions where he kind of outsmarted and outwitted Braun Breaker and kind of used his own intensity and aggression, ruthless aggression against him to get like, you know, the next move on. And I think Braun Breaker with two K's did a great job of of going along with it and playing with it. And like the storytelling was great. Like I'm actually, you know, God bless Johnny Gargano, you know, but I'm impressed with Braun Breaker as well. Yeah, man, I uh, I 100% agree with your read on this. I thought the action was good. The storytelling was good. I even liked the commentary. The uh, the pillars that we talk about, the production of the match was good. Crowd was into it. I'm going to drop a bomb on you here, Boris. This was the best match in NXT 2.0. This was better than the triple threat the other uh, last week. In my opinion, in my opinion, of course, I think this was the best match that the Rainbow brand has put on yet. For sure, the best match in Braun Breaker's short career. Yeah, 
Um, you know, and again, like there were a few spots that looked like they hurt, but at no point did I say or did I have fear for anyone's life in this match. Yeah, well, there was there was one point where Braun Breaker like balanced directly on his head. When he bounced off the ladder, he rolled like on the top of his head like a top and then hit the ground. That was funny. But his neck is so strong. I'm sure he was in no danger. Uh, but yeah, this was crazy. Braun Breaker hit a top rope Frankensteiner. There are all kinds of ladder bumps. This is a very, very entertaining match with a story, too. That's one thing that if you wanted to criticize the opening ladder match about, it was kind of just crazy stunts this was crazy stunts but it was also a clear through line it was a clear story that you did a great job of outlining already boris and you know what i'm really enjoying about this is that you know we've always been kind of saying like you know ladder matches worry us confuse us nowadays because they try to always one-up each other what new can you do and i think these guys figured it out having a good story in a clean match where obviously you are going to use the ladder, you are going to do some spots, but it's not going to be, you know, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Edge type of match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah it wasn't two guys like trying to, yeah, it wasn't a young box ladder match. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't a Young Bucks ladder match, and I don't say that as an insult. It's just you know a different take on it, like you said, a different style. But I really liked this a lot. I thought it was great. Best match on the show. I thought it was uh, noticeably superior uh, to the opener, but the opener was very good, too. Yep. All right, so they're trading strikes at the top of the, of the uh, ladder. Gargano slammed the briefcase into Braun's face, sends him all the way down to the mat. Gargano is kind of, you know, he's a little tired. He's a little daisy. Uh, this gives Braun time to pull him down to the mat. Gargano lands hard and ends up on the floor. Uh, Braun climbs back up the ladder, retrieves a briefcase for the win and the advantage for Team NXT 2.0 at War, Game, War Games. So your winner was Braun Breaker. Yeah, I really like the the final spot too because his finisher, Braun Breaker, is the press slam into a power slam like Goldberg. So he basically did that. He pulled Gargano off the ladder into his power slam. So it was kind of like a variation on his finisher. And then Braun Breaker climbs up the ladder and wins clean. I thought this was great, man. Like I, I've already said, best match of 2.0, best match of Braun Breaker's career. We're going four buzzwords out of five. 80% body shaming percentage, Boris. Very cool. I, I agree with you. Uh, this was a very fun, entertaining match. Like I said, uh, you know, they're starting to, they being wrestlers, regardless of organization, are starting to figure out like the formula for how to keep ladder matches entertaining and this this one followed that right like having a good story good wrestling um you know you're obviously gonna have to use the ladder or else what's the point of even having a ladder match uh so you know i really enjoyed this so obviously it wouldn't be war games if the go home show didn't have a huge brawl between the two teams to end the show which is exactly yeah, what we got on this show to end the show which is the go home show before war games <laughs> it's cliche but <clears throat> you almost have to do it you almost have to do it you know so you can't really can't really hate on it but no, it not. is very cliche you knew it was it. coming oh yeah exactly and i'm fine with that i am fine with that um but what i liked is that it kept they kept it short and it literally like as the fight started let's just wrap it up everyone knows what's gonna happen right 
Yeah, exactly right. So yeah, got it in, got it out, got out on a on a good note. Lots of action. This was fine, man. A good episode of NXT with. Uh, some terrible nonsense in the middle. Like the MSK thing was bad. The Joe Gacy thing was bad. But everything else I kind of liked. Yep. Uh, any last words before we move on uh, to NXT UK Corner? Yes, briefly. I think we missed uh, a promo package for Draco Anthony. He is. Uh, he was there. He was sipping on coffee in a coffee shop. He cut a pretty interesting promo. I think... Uh, yeah, he's another character who's coming in the next couple of weeks. Draco Anthony, I'm excited for him. But it is funny that they have a Carmelo and they have an Anthony. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. I laughed at that. But uh, yeah, Draco Anthony, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for NXT, excited for War Games. We're at a decent place. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I did have that in my notes. I just did it. Control F and I hit Anthony and there he goes. See, this is the issue. And, and I'm not complaining. This is just like, you know, it's it's I should know better that regardless of what's happening, when they come back from commercial, there's always going to be a promo package of sorts. Yes. Yes. Always going to be some weird vignette or some, like when, when they go to commercial, there's probably going to be an entrance and then someone's going to be in the ring. Yeah. Lots yeah. happening on these NXT shows for sure. All right. So it is time to move on across the pond to NXT UK Corner. Hip, hip, cheerio. All right, it is time for NXT UK Corner in what we typically call the best hour in WWE every week. If anything, this show really just does not disappoint Matt, what did you think of the overall show last week? Yeah, this was a good one. And in the next two weeks, we're getting stacked cards for WWE NXT UK. So it's I'm a little worried because the cards are so stacked that it kind of feels like a referendum on the brand almost. We're getting three title matches in the next two weeks, basically the biggest matches they can do right now. So, uh. It's it's very interesting. We're at a good place. This show was good. It was it was definitely it's reliable. It's the best hour of TV WWE does by far. Yep, exactly. Um, it was a fun. It was a very fun show. At the end of the day. All right. So the show started off with a um, uh, Jordan Devlin facing Mark Andrews. What did you think of this? Yeah, match? man. So my question to you, Boris, is what was my problem before? What did I not see in Jordan Devlin? I think I just he was such a Finn Balor ripoff, especially as a babyface, that I just couldn't get past it. I was just like, oh, this guy's a worse version of Finn Balor. But Jordan Devlin's actually, like, incredible. He's a really good wrestler. Yep. Yep. Honestly, I don't. I really don't know what you didn't see or what you didn't see, what you saw in him. I have no idea. Um, one of your most more controversial things. It's almost like saying that's uh, uh, that Santos Escobar isn't better than his counterpart. <laughs> Andrade El Idolo. Andrade <laughs> is better than Santos. No, One day not. we're going to have a great debate. We're just going to spend 20 minutes on that topic. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, I, I thought this was a very strong match. Both guys are awesome. Two veterans of NXT, all action kind of match. Uh, yeah, Devlin wins in nine minutes and 47 seconds with his 
Devlin's side suplex, which is a pretty interesting move. He grabs a guy by the wrist uh, who's laying on the ground, a prone opponent, and picks them up into a suplex in one motion. It's a very, very nice move. And yeah, Devlin wins pretty clean. And uh, Jordan Devlin's still killing it in NXT UK. I was wrong about him. Do you know what this finisher is actually called? What's it called? The devil inside. Yeah, the, the, the devil inside. Because he's Jordan Devil in. And it is the devil inside, Boris. It's it a could, pro wrestling. It could pun. also be a, a homage to In Excess. Oh, see, I'm not a I'm not a big In Excess guy. I didn't realize that was the thing. Anyways, um, any match that has a Canadian destroyer gets an A from me. So what did you think of this match? Uh, how would you rate this match, I should say? Top rope poison Rana as well. They were busting out all the stops in this one. We're going to go three and three quarter supernovas for this 75% B plus uh, crumpet percentage. I could have done with five more minutes, honestly. At nine minutes and forty-seven seconds, it was a. It didn't overstay its welcome, but I just I wanted more. But yeah, hey, that's I good. I totally agree with you there. But you know, I, I kind of like I, I I like these shorter matches sometimes, especially for these one-hour shows. Unless it's you're cutting back on a match, you might as well keep stuff like you know 10, 12 minutes. I think that's a fine time. All right. So after the match. It was announced that Ilya Dragunov will put his NXT UK Championship on the line against Rampage Brown next week. Um, after that, Subculture had a backstage confrontation with Kenny Williams. Yeah, Kenny Williams getting some heel work. It's going to be, I, I like this pairing. We need to see more of Kenny Williams, so put him in a prominent spot. Let's go. Let's go, NXT UK. Good call. And then it was a five-star match between Isla Dawn and Aaliyah James. Obviously, <laughs> Isla Dawn um, won with a royal flush. Matt, what did you think? Yeah, yeah. Is that what her move is called? The yep. royal flush. It was. It was the old Victoria uh, fireman's carry, like into a spinning sidewalk slam. If you remember that move, I believe Victoria used to do it. It was kind of her uh, signature move. It wasn't her finisher. But uh, yeah, it was uh, this was a it was a wrestling match. It was perfectly fine. Um, it was pretty average squashy kind of thing, in my opinion. But yeah, I knew you were going to go high on this because Isla Dawn was in it. Yep, exactly. Isla Dawn was in it. What, what more can you expect? Um, <laughs> all right. Zaya Brookside. What do you make of this character? What are you thinking of this character? Is this exactly what the Tiffany character stateside is going to be? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, just for the previous match, we're going to go two and a half supernovas. What? Pretty average match. Get get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. You're done. It went 420 YOLO blazing for us. It was only four minutes and you 20 seconds. Come on. <laughs> Come on. To answer, <laughs> to answer your question about Zaya Brookside, yeah, I think it's just basically a different uh, take on the Tiffany character. It's more like my daddy runs this show specifically, not my daddy is rich, but it's still like... Daddy, daddy, daddy. That's that's her character. Yeah, In three exactly. words, her, yep. her character is daddy, daddy, daddy. Pretty much. Um, Ginny versus Angel Hayes. This match was half a star at most for me. What did you think? <laughs> How dare you besmirch the good name of Ginny, a.k.a. Ms. Walter. 
the yeah. new power couple of wrestling, Ginny and Walter. No, I think this was the exact same as the previous. It was a straightforward squash. Nothing wrong with it. Ginny cut a, a perfectly fine promo on the way to the ring. She cut her old man, which means there's a chance that we're going to get Ginny and Walter together on screen, which would be awesome. I think that would be really, really great. It would help both people a lot. Uh, you know, we're going to go two and a half supernovas out of five. Ginny wins with the makeover, which is an elevated X factor out of the corner. Yep. All right. Nina Samuels is honestly turning into the highlight of the week for me. Like this next uh, promo was absolutely hilarious. And this was the most uh, Billy K thing she's probably done. Matt, do you want to describe this? I uh, yeah, she just well, it was a pretty typical uh, situation. She has her show. She's doing her show backstage, but nobody in the entire WWE NXT roster knows or cares about the Nina Samuels show. So they just completely ignore her as it's going on around her. So Miko Satamura was training with Amelia McKenzie, I believe, while Nina Samuels does her show. Uh, Amelia basically says, hey, Nina, you have to leave. Get out of here. We're yeah. doing work. And it. Nina Samuels, completely oblivious, goes on her Billy Kay uh, way and continues to uh, Nina Samuels show it up. So yeah, this was this was about a bit of fun. She is the new Billy Kay. We've been saying it for weeks, and uh, hopefully she finds a better fate than Billy Kay did. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, all right, the main event uh, was for the WWE NXT UK Heritage Cup. It was Noam Dar with Shaw Samuels versus Sam Gradwell. Um, I gotta say. I wasn't too keen on this match. No, really. That's interesting because I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought Sam Gradwell looked really well. I really liked the layout of the match. I, I like that it, uh, again, like we said, it didn't overstay its welcome. Usually they only do three matches on UK, we've noticed. But this week they had to work in a second squash just to put Ginny over and Isla Dawn, Boris, just to please both of us. So this one didn't go very long either. With uh, four rounds, it went under 12 minutes uh, at 11 minutes and 56 seconds. I timed it at. But uh, yeah, so... Shaw Samuels uh, kind of gets involved a little bit. Noam Dar wins uh, in two uh, 2.54 of the fourth round with the knee bar, the, the uh, champagne super knee bar. I thought it was pretty good, man. I think the issue that I had with it was that, that it felt rushed. And typically these Heritage Cup matches are kind of like, you know, the pacing of it. But I, this match felt rushed. Uh, I'm not saying that four rounds is is a bad thing. But it just it just didn't feel it didn't feel smooth. It didn't feel, you know, I didn't get that gratis, that satisfaction that I usually get after a Heritage Cup match. Yeah, that well, that's fair, man. I, I can't argue that. But yeah, I did go four rounds and there were falls in three of the rounds. Right. So round one, Gradwell wins clean with his fireman's carry into the powerbomb thing. It's basically darkness falls from uh, Evil's move in New Japan. And then round two, Noam Dar uh, wins with the Nova Roller, which is his basically his trouble in paradise. Round three, Sam Gradwell is saved by the bell because he's in the knee bar. And then round four, right at the second, right at the end, he, he taps out so he cannot get saved by the bell a second time. I actually really like the match. I really like the layout. Uh, yeah, I thought it was better than you did, Omi. I guess that these things happen sometimes. I would go three and a half Supernovas, out of five, Boris. 70% no-am-dar percentage. 
All right, man. So that was NXT UK. Again, a very entertaining hour. Uh, more squashes than what we usually get out of these matches or out of these shows. But, uh, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, it always serves its purpose. Uh, so before we go, it is the go-home show before NXT War Games, which is this Sunday. Just a reminder to everyone, we will be having a podcast directly after the show. There will be no after party for patrons. Um, and it's just at the end of the day, it's just timing. Uh, it's NXT. It's timing. It's NXT. It's NXT. It's NXT. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, that's fine. I, it, it, we're going to still be up right away as soon as the show's over. So it'll, it'll be fine. Not on the not on YouTube this time, but we'll we'll be back very soon with a proper after party uh, with Zoom and such. Uh, but yeah, man, big things coming for uh, for the for the NXT both brands. So yeah, let's. Do you want to get into War Games right now? A little yeah. preview. Yeah, let's get into War Games. Uh, so there are currently five matches advertised. As always, um, card is subject to change, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least one match either added or put into the pre-show. Um, they tend to do that for NXT shows. It's only a half-hour pre-show, uh, but let's get to it. For the first match we're going to chat about is for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, Roderick Strong, your champion, versus Joe Gacy. So both of these guys are really good wrestlers. This should be an excellent in-ring match if they get a lot of time. I am worried that we're going to get Joe Gacy as Cruiserweight Champion and doing weird things with the belt and ultimately like canceling the title and removing the Cruiserweight title from uh, WWE canon for heat as it were yeah. and uh, I think that sucks and I hate it but uh, that's my read as to where we're going eh, but the match is going to be good man oh I think the match is going to be great I think that because it is a quote-unquote pay-per-view special event whatever you want to call these nowadays I still call them pay-per-views because technically you pay for the network to view it um, I think it's going to be a good match. We're going to finally see what Joe Gacy is made out of. I think the match is going to get the time that both of these guys will be able to shine. And, you know, we'll see what the future holds for Roderick Strong, really. Um, you never know what's going to happen with anyone from the Uncle H era. Yeah, well, Roderick Strong seems to be like that accepted veteran like they need some vets. They need some people who can coach. They need some people who are actually good in the ring, who can teach these people on the job. And I, I wonder if Roderick Strong is just going to be that NXT lifer because he is absolutely incredible in the ring. But you, you're right. You never know with Papa H guys. We'll see. But I'm excited for this match and I am dreading what is to come after the match. And I think it's safe to say that both of us think that Joe Gacy will be the new champ. Yes, uh, yeah, I think we uh, if we're doing a pick contest, we would both hitch our wagons to Joe Gacy. Yep. All right, the next match, NXT Tag Team Championship match, Imperium versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Beverly, Von SmackDown, Von Forehead, Von Wagner. So, yeah, so is Kyle O'Reilly going to be in that role that we just uh, laid out for Roderick Strong? Is he going to be an NXT lifer who's like a coach, who's like an on-the-job trainer, or does, does he want more? Is he going to be more than that in the wrestling world? I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to leave NXT, and I think he's going to go to AEW. So I think he's going to lose this match, and Von Wagner is going to turn on him. I think that's how this goes. 
So I think you're right. I think Imperium's gonna win. I think Von Von Forehead is gonna turn on him, and at least they're gonna have one match together where Von Forehead, Von Wagner, Von Beverly, Von SmackDown wins the match. Yeah, I think you're right about that, buddy. And I think Kyle O'Reilly goes on to greener pastures and all elite wrestling. So Imperium will win this match. And uh, hey, Imperium and Kyle O'Reilly are all incredible. And like we said, I think personally that Von Wagner is uh, he's pretty close to ready, if not ready. He's like he's noticeably better than some of these guys. So I think it'll be a good match. And again, just to uh, for 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 completion, uh, both of us are saying Imperium are going to win this match. Yes. All right. Lucha the Apuestas match. Hair v. Hair. Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson. So I wonder if, because Cameron Grimes' new look with like the, the slightly shaved beard and the, you know, trimmed hair, he, he, it's definitely way better. It's working for him. So I do kind of wonder, but at the end of the day, why would you shave Duke Hudson's head? He's already got like short hair. He's like a good looking, handsome baby face who's just getting started. There's way more juice in shaving Cameron Grimes's head, update his look a little bit, and then Duke Hudson has something on his mantle forever. He can always say he's the man who shaved Cameron Grimes bald. So I think for sure Duke Hudson wins this match, probably through a blatant cheating. Yep, that's exactly what I think is going to happen, because some will say he has an ace up his sleeve. You see that poker reference? God. Back out, Boris, back out. That's true. Maybe he'll get a little, uh, like, a, some sidekick action, a manager of sorts. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So both of us are saying Duke Hudson is winning. See, this is why, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, there's no point in doing the pick contest for this because I think all of our picks are going to be the same. Uh, so Cameron Grimes is going to be sporting the bald look in a couple weeks. All right, so the women's war games match, Toxic Attraction, uh, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose, along with Dakota Kai, are facing Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Kay Lee Ray. Yes, so I'm not sure if it's going to be Io or Kaylee, but my prediction, I'm going to go with Kaylee Ray, comes in as the second baby face of this match and immediately turns on whoever is her partner in the ring. I think the better story is Kaylee turns on Cora Jade and then, but, but do you want Cora Jade to be selling for what? 10, 15 minutes of this match. Do no. you actually think that? So, so it might be Io Shirai that comes in first and then Kaylee Ray turns on her. But my prediction for this match is the second baby face in as soon as they would get the advantage is going to turn on her partner. I'm guessing Kaylee Ray turns on Cora Jade. That is my official prediction. Toxic attraction and crazy Dakota Kai win the match. Yep. I agreed 100% with you there. So toxic attraction and Kate crazy Kai get the win there. And this leads us into the men's war games match. We get team Uncle H of Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, LA Knight, and Pete Dunne versus NXT team Rainbow, Braun Breaker with two Ks, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and AO Gabagool, Tony D'Angelo. Man, I'm extremely excited for this match. I have Same no here. idea how, why, like, I know who's going to win. I don't think it's very much in doubt yeah, at Uncle all. Uncle H but, of team, of course. <laughs> no, I, I think for sure Team 2.0 will pull it off. But I'm very excited to see how these eight guys mesh. I'm excited to see what crazy things Carmelo and Grace and Waller do to impress. I'm excited to see perhaps Johnny Gargano's last ever match in NXT. Who knows? Uh 
you, Pete Dunn has been like just working like an angry Super Bowl lately, just yep. bouncing around the ring, elbowing people in the face. This match is going to be good. I'm very, very pumped for it. I can't wait to see it. Of all of 2.0, of every moment of this dumb rainbow brand, this is the thing that they've done, I think, the best. This is their most interesting program, and this is the most I've been excited for a match. Honestly, I will be shocked if Pete Dunne doesn't start this match for Uncle H's team, and whoever, it could be anyone on the other side, I feel sorry for them because they're going to get their asses kicked for the however many minutes, two minutes or whatever, five minutes. Yeah. I think you want Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes to come in hot to get that house of fire pop because I think they're both very athletic and Braun Breaker is the anchor. So I think it's going to be Pete Dunn and Tony D'Angelo that start this match and Tony D'Angelo is going to get him an education. That <laughs> man is going to get elbowed in the mouth. It will be a lot of fun. Yep. He's going to be uh, elbowed in the Spicolis for sure. <laughs> Right in the Gabagool, Boris. Right in that Gabagool. <laughs> well, oh, poor guy. Uh, but yeah, so again, both of us predicting that the Rainbow brand is going to win. Go figure. Can yeah. you imagine a world where Uncle H's team wins this match? No, I can't. Unless they're doing, like, unless they want to extend this feud, I absolutely can't. I, I cannot. I think Breaker pins Ciampa to continue that whole build. Yeah. Um, question, and and I was I was gonna yes. bring this up on Sunday, but I'm gonna bring this up now just in case something happens on Sunday. Uh, is Samoa Joe alive? Has anyone seen Samoa oh. Joe in two months? Oh, interesting. NXT 1.0 featuring Samoa Joe. NXT 1. Joe. By God, Boris, is he gonna interfere in this match? No, I think uh, I think once Triple H went away, Samoa Joe went away again. I think Triple H and Samoa Joe are clearly like linked. And you can just see that in terms of when and where Samoa Joe left. You know what I mean? I think that's, yeah, I, I, I don't know his contract status, but yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, sorry about that. Ooh, got a little, got to get a little, little ahead of myself with the music there. Uh, just so that people know, again, all the music is always live. We do this show typically in one take. Um, so, you know, these blunders can happen sometimes. Everything is live. All the sound effects happen on the fly. Um, but, yeah, so that's the show. Um, we will be back tomorrow, Thursday, with BAM. We have tons of sports to talk about, which I feel like we say every freaking week. Um, but this week, for sure, we have a ton of MLB free agency news. We have CBA news. We're going to be talking NFL. Uh, we're going to be chatting you know, giving our mid or a quarter year review on the NBA and the NHL. And then on the wrestling side, we're going to be talking some ML dubs, some NWAs. For some reason, we're going to be talking about NWA and ROH <laughs> as we get inch closer to the end. But uh, yeah, that's bam. And then on Friday, you're going to be getting the old fucks. Well, it's at least one old fuck. And one new guy, as Dan is going to be joined by the new guy on the team, Mike. Mike McGuire. He's going to be an old, an honorary old fuck on Friday as they review Dynamite. And then on Saturday, you get two shows. You get the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown. And then you will get 
the dark side of the elite gentlemen talking about rampage on rampage roll up then on sunday jason and mike are going to come back at you over the radio but as a patron you get the show early typically in the afternoon and then we go back to the rotation and i believe that next week mike is going to be joining jason on the midweek markout that's going to be a lot of fun welcome to the team trial by fire have fun with raw <laughs> the midweek mic out yes also sunday evening right after the show we're going to be recording our war games review that'll come at you as soon as that is done and ready hot and fresh out the oven like i said man nxt very exciting uh in the next coming weeks uh nxt uk thursday two title matches dragonov versus rampage brown miko satamura versus zaya brookside the week after that tag team title match pretty deadly versus mustache mountain two war games matches coming up hair versus hair lucha de apuestas santos versus zion quinn lots of fun things buddy he's matt i'm boris the show is nxt talk where we talk about all things nxt 2.0 rainbow brand go uncle h go team h i feel sorry for them good night <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah!